Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 224 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to open today's show with a quote from Tony Robbins. The only limit to your impact is your imagination and commitment. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Well, hey there. Thank you for joining me again. How's it going? Are you well? Before we get going, I just wanted to share something I'm proud of with you. So if you're a regular listener, you'll know that my second play, Crunch, has been having its premiere run at the Brighton Fringe Festival this month. And I'm so thrilled to say that the show got amazing audience feedback. It sold out on the last night, which was on my vision board, and... uh, It got a four-star review, which is, I'm so thrilled, so chuffed, and it means that we'll be taking it on tour. Now, as I'm sure you have gathered from listening to this show, I love teaching people how to use stories and humour and speak better so that they can grow their impact and income. But I also love entertaining audiences and challenging perceptions through the theatre work that I do. Unfortunately, it's incredibly hard to make money in the theatre and getting harder. And I'm so lucky that I'm able to use my coaching and courses to fund that work or we just wouldn't be able to carry on. And of course, this podcast helps to introduce me to people who might need my help on the speaking and marketing front. So do keep spreading the word about the show and look at supporting live theatre where you live. Okay, enough of that. Let's crack on with this week's show. And I want to start by asking you a question. Do you know where the term catch 22 came from? Well, if you don't, I'm about to tell you. So it originated from a book by Joseph Heller. And this book was published in 1961. And it was actually called Catch-22. It tells the story of an American Air Force bombardier. That's the person that drops the bombs from the aircraft. uh, Captain John Yossarian in the Second World War. And it's all about his struggles with the danger of those missions, the horrors and the pointlessness of war, in his opinion. And in the book, this Catch-22, which has obviously spurned the saying and everything that comes with it, is a military rule that says you can only be grounded, so you, you can only stop flying these missions if you're insane. But you have to request it. And by requesting it you are considered sane. Now, the narrator in the book explains it a little bit more. There was only one catch, and that was catch 22. 
which specified that a concern for one's safety in the face of dangers that were real and immediate was the process of a rational mind. All was crazy and could be grounded. All he had to do was ask. And as soon as he did, he would no longer be crazy and would have to fly more missions. Or would be crazy to fly more missions and sane if he didn't. But if he was sane, he had to fly them. If he flew them, he was crazy and didn't have to. But if he didn't want to, he was sane and had to. Yasarian was moved very deeply by the absolute simplicity of this clause of Catch-22 and let out a respectful whistle. And in this podcast, I want to tell you about another type of catch-22 situation that I see in speaking. And this show actually came about because uh, I saw this coming up for one of my speaking club members. So this member is a very senior academic who is already a good speaker. And we've been working together to take his speaking to the next level so that he can land his message more powerfully with his audience. Now, a big part of the work that we've been doing together is aimed at making him more provocative, um, getting his uh, attention-grabbing hooks sorted, introducing more stories and humour into his talks. And he's starting to get some fantastic results. In fact, the opening to his most recent talk ended up being used a lot on Twitter and in the Times newspaper uh, about the event that he spoke at. Now, in preparing his most recent talk, we'd worked on adding in some more stories, analogies and appropriate jokes. And using these tools in your talks can make them more engaging because they make concepts and information easier to understand and relate to, more memorable, but also, as we can see by this Twitter and Times picking up his lightning bolt opening, it also makes them more shareable. And so all the things that he'd been doing in terms of the stories and the jokes had worked well in practice. So he went off to do his talk. And after he did his talk, we reviewed the video footage of it. And these were the things that I noticed that happened on the day. The great opening joke that he crafted landed really well. And the audience laughed, but because he hadn't been confident about it, he carried on speaking after he delivered the punchline and the audience stopped laughing much quicker than they should have. And in comedy, we call this treading on the laughter or treading on the punchline is another one you might have heard. And if you do this repeatedly, it will train the audience to stop laughing. And when you write jokes into your talks, it's really important that you pause after the punchline. It doesn't have to be for long. And if they don't laugh, you just carry on. But if they do, then you ride the laughter like a wave, starting to talk again, just as it begins to peter out. And the thing is this, right? You know, when you put your script together for your talk, where the jokes are or where you're expecting to get laughs. So, you know, practice those and make sure you put that pause in. And the next thing I noticed uh, in his talk on that day was that although he'd used some fantastic analogies, 
because he'd not been confident about them again, he didn't fully commit to them. For example, one analogy was drawing a comparison with a children's football match he'd seen and the way they were all just individually chasing the ball rather than being unified and organised. And comparing that to the many different initiatives in his subject area that were competing with each other rather than working together to achieve their goal and have more impact. And when he spoke about this analogy, he didn't fully finish the original one and talk about how they could have scored a goal if they'd have worked together. And he also didn't make the link strongly enough between the uh, children playing football and the different initiatives. And this meant that it didn't land as powerfully. Now, don't get me wrong, this was a strong talk. But if he'd fully committed and gone all in on the jokes and the stories, then it would have been even more powerful and memorable. And this is the catch-22 situation I'm talking about. And I see it happening with so many speakers using stories and humour. Even comedians I see it happening with as well. The thing is this, right? In order for them to be fully effective... You've got to deliver the jokes and the stories as if you 100% know that they will work. Because if the audience senses you're not sure about them, then they will back off too. Now you might be thinking, yes, Sarah, but I won't know if they'll work. So if I fully commit, won't I look more stupid if they don't? Believe it or not, the answer is no. You will look more silly if they don't work and you don't give it 100%. Plus, if you don't give it 100% commitment, you're transmitting that doubt to the audience and it will affect their reaction. Like, if you don't believe in it, why should they? Now, in the world of theatre, there's a saying, if you go wrong, go wrong confidently. And the view is that either the audience won't notice or they'll be more forgiving. And I think the same is true in speaking. But maybe you're also thinking, "Mm, I'm not sure that using stories and humour will be appropriate for my topic or personality. And here I would say that you can absolutely use stories and humour, even for the most serious of topics and whatever type of persona you have. And that's because you can play with the way that you deliver them so that they stay true to that persona. And because there are ways to make things funny without detracting from the importance or the serious nature of the subject you're talking about. Plus, audiences need some respite, even when the topic is serious, sad or painful. And the best speakers know that and sandwich the heavy parts with a bit of light relief. And it doesn't have to be like a knock-knock joke. It can be an exaggeration or an analogy or a metaphor. We've got loads of podcasts where I talk about humour. So do have a listen to those if you're not sure how to find appropriate jokes or how to use them in your speaking. But when you've done that work, then you need to come back to this one and, and remember to go all in. So you might also be confused about what I'm saying. Like, Sarah, how can I be confident in something if I haven't tried it out? Well, there are a few things to say on this. Yes, it is absolutely a leap of faith the first time you try things out. But your commitment has an influence on your success and the audience reaction, as I've said. 
The other thing to say is that you can test your content out on peers or friends to make sure things are landing as you expect. And of course, a major way to de-risk your talk is working with someone like me who can give you feedback and coaching on your material and your delivery. Okay, so here are some key teaching points for you to take away on this. First of all, be clear on why you're using a joke, story or metaphor. It must relate to the point that you're making and support the audience's understanding and engagement with it. Don't half ass it. Fully commit to any material you use. It will help you and the audience. Make the connection really strongly between the analogy and your point so that your audience fully gets the point that you're making. Don't tread on the laughter when you tell a joke. Give the punchline space and if you hear laughter, wait until it starts to subside before you talk again. But the biggest takeaway is to go all in. Be confident and committed. Now, obviously, if you have to create a talk or you want to up-level your speaking skills and content, then I'm happy to work with you to make sure you're confident in your message and delivery and have content that you're excited to share. And you can find out more about the different ways that I can work with you and have a one-to-one with me over at saraharcher.co.uk. And you can see whether my Speaking Club Live membership or my Now Your Signature Talk in 60 Days program will work best for you. Well, I hope you found all of that useful. And if you did, then please do me a favor and leave a rating or review for the show. I promise it'll take just a couple of minutes over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC and it will make my day. I really appreciate it. And until next time, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking, from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.